if I had to describe USC's weekend with a movie title, I'd probably have to go with the good, the bad, and the ugly. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or, again, wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And I want to thank you so much for coming along for the ride. I hope you're enjoying the show as much as I am. If you are watching on YouTube and you see that red subscribe button and you haven't done it already, hit it. It means a lot. And to those of you who already have, much again much appreciation thanks again and as always you can follow me at twitter at mark culkin m-a-r-c-k-u-l-k-i-n uh, it might be a good week to follow me as well it's a uh, it's rivalry week usc will be uh, taking on the ucla bruins and um i like to have some fun with those guys so uh check it out i might be in the mood for a little trolling a little, uh, little snack talk we'll see how it goes so I mentioned at the top of the show, it, uh, it was a it was good that uh, USC handled their business. They took care of Colorado, fifty-five to seventeen, on Friday night at the Coliseum. The win puts the Trojans at nine and one, and they are in complete control of their own destiny as far as the Pac-12 championship. Win on Saturday against the Bruins, they're in the championship game. It's that simple. However, uh, it was also a bad night, uh, it, at least as far as uh, the Trojan team is concerned. They lost their heart, their soul, the team voice. Uh, Travis Dye, he's out for the season with a leg injury. I'm sure everybody is aware of this by now. Um, it, it was a tough thing to watch. And we'll get more into Travis Dye and his effect on the team here shortly. Obviously, that is the the, the big takeaway uh, from the game. Uh, but we we want to cover the the whole the whole team as in as, in as limited amount of time as we have uh, for this show thirty minutes or less. That's what Locked On USC gives you every day. Um, dude. So we we cover the good USC won fifty five seventeen. The bad Travis Die lost. For the year regular season with a lower leg injury and uh while the beauty is always in the eye of the beholder ucla made next saturday's crosstown showdown an ugly affair because the bruins decided they wanted to lose at home to arizona the week before so what could have been a really high stakes atmosphere for both la schools on saturday um Turns into UCLA is going to have to play the spoiler, get some help. And this is why UCLA, USC mocks UCLA with Tusk, the old Fleetwood back uh, song, because, look, it's real savage-like. And because UCLA sucks. Like I said, it's rivalry week. We're going to be, I'm going to be all over the Bruins. And uh, we'll get more into the Crosstown showdown talk uh, as the week goes along. But first, let's get into uh, what USC did to Colorado on both sides of the ball. 
I'm going to kind of try and combine everything into this first episode, offense, defense, special teams, review, grades, so uh, we can focus on UCLA the rest of the week. Not to show Colorado any disrespect, but um, look, USC took a bit care of business, and I, I just don't want to spend a whole lot of time on Colorado because there wasn't a, a lot to take away from the game outside of the fact that uh, you know USC lost a key player in Travis Dye. So we're going to start with the offense. Uh, obviously, keep repeating myself with the big story. Travis Dye, he's gone for the year. To quote Riley, it sucks. And we can go back even further to spring camp when uh, I asked Travis Dye why he's considered a trash talker, um, especially on his own team. And he uses it to motivate his own his own teammates. Because so, sometimes he says, you got to tell them when they suck. He'll be doing a lot of that uh, these last for the rest of the year because he won't be able to play. So uh, his contributions on the field, um, they will definitely be missed. Uh, but he's going to be able to have a much bigger impact on the sidelines. And uh, again, I'm going to talk about Travis Dine more by himself a little bit later in the show. Offensively for the second game in a row, they got off to a really slow start and they had Jordan Addison back. Maybe he was back too soon. Uh, the first play of the game, it was a quick pass, uh, a quick little out pass, uh, out pattern. I think it picked up two or three yards and then he got targeted again later in the second quarter and that was it. He was done for the game. Uh, that second pass, by the way, fell incomplete. So, uh, whether or not he came back too soon or not, I don't know. Maybe he, you know, worked off a little bit of the rest. He didn't play. I mean, I just went over his, uh, <laughs> when he was in there, no punt returns either. Maybe he'll be more ready to play, uh, on Saturday. We'll find out. Uh, I also think it's official. It's, you know, Mason Murphy, his time has arrived two weeks ago. He started a right tackle against Cal and then he started against, um, this week he started at left tackle. It is what it is. So let's just roll with it. Um, maybe this is a sign of what's to come in 2023. Mason Murphy will be left tackle. Maybe they're going to move Cortland Ford over to right tackle, move Jonah inside to right guard. And if the rumors are true that Justin Dietrich is coming back, he might be your starting center. He might be your left guard. We don't know. But... Uh, <clears throat> Overall, the offensive line did not have a great game. Caleb got sacked three times. Um, Caleb also threw a, his second, intercep second interception of the season. It finally happened uh, in the first quarter. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it happened on his second deep throw. His first one, he went deep to Terrell, Terrell Bynum. He overshot him by a lot. I'm uh, not quite sure why we're running Terrell Bynum deep. He's not the fastest guy on the team, nevertheless. Uh, the next time Caleb went deep, he might have taken something off the ball because uh, it it kind of allowed the, the Buffalo defender, uh, Nico Reed, to wrestle the ball away from Brendan Rice for the interception. Uh, it Brendan might have made – he could have made a little bit better of an effort to uh, uh, play on the ball, nevertheless – 
Uh, Brendan came back and, and had a nice play later for a touchdown. Uh, by the end of the game, Caleb's numbers looked average. He was 14 for 26, 268 yards. Uh, although, you know, he did improve his touchdown to interception ratio to 31 to 2. He had three more through the air. Uh, and he also added a couple on the ground. So uh, he had a total of five touchdowns. So again, pedestrian, when you look at his uh, his his completions to attempts, 14 for 26, 268 yards. But again, 31 touchdowns to the air, two interceptions. That's a crazy stat through 10 games. I, I don't, look, period, end of story. I'm going to drop it right there. Um, and what we can also start to say is that Caleb's starting to put his name into the into the Heisman conversation. And I'm definitely sure it's going to ramp up this week uh, with UCLA on the horizon and Notre Dame the week after that. But it took Caleb and the offense uh, some time to get started before they were finally able to turn the ball over to uh, Miller Moss in the fourth quarter. It took uh, – he didn't get on the board until, what, um, seven minutes and 18 seconds to go in the first quarter, and that's because the defense forced a safety – so at the end of the first, they were trailing three to two, the Trojans. Um, not the offense wasn't able to score a point. So when you combine the fourth quarter against Cal, the first quarter against Colorado, the two worst offenses in the conference, USC was outscored twenty-four to nine, um, and that they, they're going to have to change that coming up against UCLA. You know, I, I, everyone's anticipating the first team, the 55, is going to win that game. You cannot start out slow uh, against UCLA because they're going to be mad and ticked off, and you don't want them trying to rule any type of emotion into a momentum, um, especially with Travis Dye out for the year. Um, you don't need any more pressure on Caleb's arm or, you know, his decision-making, let's be honest. At least that's how I see it. Um, nor do we need to put any extra pressure on Austin Jones, Darwin Barlow, Rayleigh Graham. We're down one guy in that running back room. Um, so if the Austin Jones took over, it looked great. Rayleigh Brown had a great uh, touchdown reception uh, off the arm of Miller Moss. Barlow got in there in the in the second half. He ran for a touchdown. Austin Jones was leading. Uh, Rusher, 74 yards on 11 carries. He added 39 yards on four pass receptions. He's going to be the main guy going forward. And, you know, Travis told us before, no blocky, no rocky. That's what it's going to come down to. Uh, pass protection It's going to be vital. So uh, I have a feeling that Austin Jones will be that guy uh, in the to get things going. And... Um, Look, in the end, USC, they were able to put up 55 points, over 500 yards of offense. The backups got to play pretty much the entire fourth quarter. Miller Moss led the team on two touchdown drives. It was 41-10 to 10 when he entered the game. Uh, Rayleigh Brown got a touchdown. I mentioned him, Darwin Barlow. And then, you know, all things considered, overall, I'm going to give the offense a B-. minus. Um, when you think about, again, they lost a key integral integral player, the heart, their soul, um, offensive line, Andrew Voorhees had to leave the game early. He's dealing with, a, you know, he's been dealing with an injury all year. So 
with the jump, jumbling around with the offensive line, the loop, the loss of Travis Dye, trying to stay motivated against Colorado and not looking ahead as much as they did to UCLA. I'm just going to go ahead and give the offense a B minus. Um, and I'm saying that when they scored 55 points. They could have scored a lot more had they been better prepared and more focused and more disciplined. Um, so maybe they need a, uh, another team movie night, watch Die Hard, um, see what it takes when you're when the odds are stacked against you, uh, using that as uh, maybe another form of motivation. Look, the offense, they still have a, a lot more upside, even with the loss of Die. And on defense, one player um, got to show his up, was starting to show his upside. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment here. Uh, but this episode is brought to you by Upside. Look, inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back. I only drive when necessary because gas prices in California, they are just ridiculously stupid high and you can't get away from it. I don't care what anybody tells you. They're not coming down. So whether it's driving less and dining out less or buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree there's nothing fun about the word less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. I do all of the above. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. Now, you won't have to cut back because you can earn cash back on essentials like gas, groceries, and dining out too. Here's how. Go ahead and get started. Download the free Upside app and use my promo code LOCKED. You'll get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Then, check in at the business, pay as usual with your credit card, credit card or your debit card, and you're going to get paid. And in comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn up to three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every work every week. <laughs> That's what, probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So head on over there, use my promo code LOCKED, and uh, start earning money with Upside. That's promo code LOCKED. <clears throat> okay. Thanks again for uh, making Locked On USC your first listen today. Uh, for your second listen, Check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, so defensively, I'm not sure how much we learned about any improvements the defense may have or may not have made against uh, Colorado, here's what we know. They held them, they held, they held the Buffaloes to 17 points. Um, they held them to 260 yards of offense, 14 total first downs on the game. That's not bad, right? And the Buffaloes' last touchdown, it actually came in, uh, came when the USC had actually emptied the bench in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, the final score says 55-17. The starters and the backups, when they were rotating in, uh, for the first 45 minutes, uh, they gave up 10 points. Not bad. Again, it's Colorado. Not a great offense. Um, 
that's being polite, the worst in the conference, one of the worst in the country. Um, but, you know, they did what they were supposed to, right? <clears throat> they gave up the early uh, three points <laughs> when USC trailed at the end of the first quarter, three to two. They got the job done after that. Um, Zamarian Gordon, backup safety. He tied for the team lead in tackles with uh, six. He got all those in the fourth quarter, I believe. To Asivi Nomura, he started the game at middle linebacker, and he, he was the other game high in tackles with six. So um, last week, uh, Nomura had the weird stat of the night. We're going to stay in the middle of the defense. Again, the weird stat of the night belongs to uh, Stanley Taufo. He had a fumble recovery, um, and he played a ton, uh, but he had nothing else to show for it on the stat line. Not even a half a tackle. And when you consider how much Colorado ran the ball, that's just weird. It's just a bizarre stat to have a nose tackle not be involved in a in at least a half a tackle. Look, Johnny on the spot, Stanley on the spot, recovered the fumble, um, but defensive line has got to do better, and they're going to be up against it this Saturday against UCLA in their running game. Zach Charbonnet, uh, big, strong, powerful. He does not go down on first contact or with an arm. So uh, Alex Grinch, defense, they're going to do the – they're going to have to work hard this week and be prepared for uh, for Saturday. Because Chip Kelly, uh, UCLA's defense might not be all, anything to, to gloat about, but offensively, they, they can move the ball. They can score points. Uh, however, Arizona showed that they can be stopped. Uh, defensively, USC was still without Eric Gentry uh, on Friday night. Hopefully, um, he's going to be ready because, again, he's going to be needed. Uh to contain DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, UCLA's quarterback. You're going to need Eric's ability to uh, to tackle in space. Uh, it looked like when I was watching him pregame, he didn't suit up. He, he They weren't going to play him on Friday, but he's moving much better. Um, again, I'm just using my, uh, my keen observational eye from staying at a Holiday Inn. Uh, Eric's moving much better. He, I, I think he's playing Saturday. They need him to play Saturday. I don't think Eric is going to allow Lincoln Riley to say, I can't, you're not playing on Saturday. <laughs> um, Kalen Bullock, he got a uh, another interception with the fumble recovery from Stanley that gave USC uh, two, two turnovers against their one, so they were plus one on the game. Uh, they continue to be the plus-minus leader nationally. Other than, you know, Caleb Kalen's interception, I really don't think the secondary was really tested too much. Um, Colorado only threw the ball 21 times. They completed 11 of them for 124 yards. Uh, give some props to Sierra Wright. He led the secondary with uh, four tackles. So whether that was they were going after his side of the ball or not, um, he was there to make the tackle. I'm not going to do a deep dive into yards after the catch or, or all that. Um, Sierra, he was very good with his tackling, and that's all that matters. I know he has his defenders out there. 
I'm not I'm not looking to pick on any play or in particular, but there's so much more involved that I'm watching from the press box that doesn't show up on the TV. And uh, if you're not if you're in the stands and you're not watching everything, and, and even I don't know what you know if what's going on with the zone coverage if he's handing off, if a player's missing assignment, all that kind of good stuff. So just to put that out there. Um, I mentioned uh, players showing some upside. Corey Foreman, he uh, he looked great in the first 30 minutes of the game. Three tackles, two of those for solo, one a big TFL. Um, but those were his final game numbers as well. Three tackles, two solo, one TFL. Kind of disappeared in the second half. Going to need more from Corey, especially this weekend. Uh, going to need his ability to keep uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson in the pocket. And if he gets outside the pocket, you got to drag him down. You cannot let him and his fancy footwork get outside and start making plays. Tuli, Tuli Apolotu, once again, big game. Forced the fumble that Stanley recovered. Added a couple more sacks to his number. I believe he now has 11, 11 and a half to lead the country. Um, defensively, I do want to point out that uh, they got a big third down stop in the red zone, and they only had 10 guys on the field. Uh, I'm pointing this out because later in the game, when Latrell McCutcheon was out there on punt return, USC needed to call a timeout because he counted 10 guys on the field for USC. So twice in one game uh, is an issue. That's a, that's a regression. That cannot happen. So whether look, can't point, you can't say whose fault it was. It's the team needs to get this rectified before Saturday comes along. Period. You can't be wasting timeouts because you're you don't have enough guys on the field. The fact that they got the stop against Colorado in the red zone with only 10 guys, very fortunate. Very, very fortunate. Uh, the run defense, they gave up 169 yards on the ground. That was on 35 rushing attempts. So they held them for, to less than a four-yard rushing average. I thought the tackling was better, but it's going to have to get a lot better um, against Zach Charbonnet, UCLA running back. Um, and I mentioned if DTR gets in the open field or outside the pocket, it becomes a really big challenge for USC because – Without Gentry out there, they lack some speed at that second level. They even lack some speed at that first level. This is going to be a really tricky game uh, for Alex Grinch to game plan. Might see a lot more dime, I think, uh, with guys on the field. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not the defensive coordinator. Look, I, I think Arizona sh showed showed you how to get it done, right? <laughs> um can USC get the push up the middle like Arizona did with their defense? They, I, I think I saw a DTR. He got sacked at least three times, maybe four. Uh, look, I'm, for the defense, I'm going to give you guys a B minus. Um, I'm not sure if it was you weren't motivated because you were playing Colorado. You were looking ahead to Saturday, this Saturday coming up with Colorado. Uh, they're just you. Know, Defense is going to have to continue to get better. I think this is who they are. Uh, you're not going to see any quick fixes this time of year. This is who USC's defense is. 
is it going to be turned into a shootout on Saturday or like everybody anticipates, or is it going to be one of those really sloppy turnover field games? Who knows? It's a rivalry game. UCLA dropped 62 on USC last year. And uh, that's not going to happen again this year. Or will it? That's coming up. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Uh, quickly, special teams. Look, Will Rose with the backflip after the two-point conversion. Um, Lincoln Riley chose to run that play when USC was in control of the scoreboard. I believe it was, what, 32 to 6 or I can't, USC had 32 points, 32 to 10, whatever the score was. Um, I would have run that play when it was eight to three, but I'm not the head coach. Um, so a plus for Will Rose. He didn't quite nail the landing. He did get his, have to brace himself with his hands, but I thought it was pretty cool that, that backflip out of the blue. Uh, Dennis Lynch, he's got the, uh, the best pregame wardrobe. <laughs> um, definitely look like uh, somebody from K-Rock Rock, you know, maybe if you're a fan of Roddy on the Rock um, Dennis Lynch would have fit in perfect back in the 19, in the 80s with what he was wearing out there His the picture's out there, Google it um, pretty cool the rest of the group, C- minus. Um, number one, you have that 10 men on the field gap on the punt return, you almost Gave up a big kickoff return, although Ray Leak almost got one himself. So just get this thing cleaned up, um, especially if Kashmir Allen, UCLA's speedy return man, is available next week. Uh, he's fast, fast, and that could be a problem. USC, they got to keep cleaning up uh, special teams and on defense. So, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Darn it. C minus, mostly because of that 10 men on the field. Um, grade, though, was lifted because of Dennis Lynch and because of Will Rose. Will, I hope you're looking forward to uh, running and getting those ups and downs out of the way that Lincoln alluded to during the post-game press conference. All right. This week's thrilling, mo thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling... The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be. I'm going to change this to the most inspirational moment. We've talked about Travis Dye uh, throughout the show. However, with 244 remaining in the first half, Travis, he took a handoff. Picked up the first down because that's what he does. And then he stayed down. And everyone held their breath. When he was down on the field, in obvious pain, uh, the Coliseum, it went silent. Uh, something was wrong. And a few moments later, the cart was rolling out on the field, and they were taking Travis away. Um, but before he was wheeled away, you know, Travis throwing his victory fingers up to the Coliseum crowd. Every single player on the Trojan team, uh, he, they were either on a bended knee or standing next to someone with their hand on that person's shoulder um, who was on bended knee. And even uh, some of the Colorado Buffalo players were on their knees as well. That's how much respect Travis has earned in his time 
um, playing college football, starting at Oregon and in less than a year at USC. Um, he has won over everybody's hearts. Travis is just that dude. Uh, you know, Caleb might be the poster boy for USC. Um, but look, Travis is the heart. He's the soul. He's that inspirational guy that, that everybody just looks to, uh, to, to make things happen. So look, if, 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 if Caleb is, uh, the hall of the poster of Hall of Oats, I'm going to say it right now, Travis Dye is, is Oats. He's got the mustache, right? So they make the perfect combination. You need that soul. Travis Dye, he's got that soul. He's got that mustache. He's not going to play on the field the rest of the season. He'll be on the sidelines. And so um, it, it's, for me, that was the inspirational moment of the game, watching how everybody, USC, Colorado, the fans, showed their appreciation for Travis. And even I get, I still, I'm getting a little choked up about it. You never want to see a young man end his college career injured. And unfortunately for Travis, uh, that's how it happened. So this segment has been inspired by Travis Dye and the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, available at NissanUSA.com. So it is rivalry week, and the trash talk has already started. And I'm going to get into it as well. So let me turn this down just a little bit. It might be a little loud. But if you can't hear it, or if you can, that's tough. UCLA sucks. So look, the trash talk started by UCLA. And it started from UCLA safety, Mo Hosling, who was asked after their game about replicating last season's 62-33 to 33 win over the Trojans. Quote from Mo: we know we're going to replicate it next week. So we're going to have a little bit of a fire underneath our butts. Go out there and just put it on display, end quote. Well, Mo, your team just got their butts beat by Arizona. You were the number 12 team ranked you were the number 12 ranked team in the country and you lost at home. Guess what? That sucks. It sucks for UCLA. It sucks because the opportunity for USC and UCLA to put LA on the map is out the door. ESPN, ESPN is taking their game day up to Bozeman, Montana because UCLA lost at home to Arizona. Look, you know, it was an opportunity for USC to and UCLA and the Pac-12 to kind of put a spotlight back on themselves. UCLA does what UCLA does. They lose. So um, that means they're going to have to play the spoiler. USC, they control their own destiny. They win. They're in the Pac-12 conference, champion, uh, Pac-12 conference championship game, plain and simple. 
They're going to move up in Tuesday's uh, playoff poll that hasn't been released yet. Uh, the AP poll came out. They're number seven. Uh, UCLA fell from nine to number 16 because they lost at home to Arizona. They were three and six at the time. Oregon, they lost at home to Washington. So they fell from number six to number 12. Notre Dame, they moved up to number 17, although they had to hold on uh, to beat Navy 35 to 32. So your AP top 10, Georgia 10 and 0, Ohio State 10 and 0, Michigan 10 and 0, TCU at number 4 10 and 0, Tennessee 9 and 1, 5. LSU gets the number 6 spot because they look great winning at Arkansas 13 to 10. I hope everybody sensed my sarcasm. USC moves up to number 7 and Utah rounds it out at number 10. Um, okay, so look, this is USC UCLA week. I'm well over my time allocation. We're running on 33 minutes yet, and I could keep going. We're going to stop though because uh, we get locked on USC five times a week. This is just episode number one. I'll be back with another episode, and I'm going to be going in raw all week. It's UCLA week, guys. So until then. Everyone, you know what to do. Head on over to wrse.com. We'll have a bunch of written content for you. And until our next episode of Locked on USC.